Welcome to the Vibing Consciously podcast, where we explore the power of conscious living and elevating our vibrations. I'm your host, Kat, and I'm a metaphysician and energy healer. I specialize in healing trauma and guiding us on the journey to self-love. My purpose is to help the world heal through this pivotal time in history, and I'm honored to be here by my best friend and co-host, Sarah. I'll be here to help everyday people find ways to stay healthy while healing because it's essential to nourish our bodies as well as our minds in order to stay fit and create a life of joy. The universe is not punishing you. It is not blessing you. It is not controlling you. It is responding to your vibration. Think happy and happiness will come to you. Think negatively and negativity will come to you. What we put into the universe, we get back like an echo. Today on the Vibing Consciously podcast, we're going to be talking about changing negative thought patterns, which is honestly not that easy to do. No, it is not very easy. So that's why we are going to spend a whole episode talking about it. Everyone gets stuck in negative thoughts sometimes. We're all human and it'll happen. So what do we do when we get stuck? I personally think that there are two parts to this. When you see that you're stuck in negative thoughts, first you need to figure out why you're stuck. And then you have to supplement that negative thought with a positive thought. But figuring out why you're stuck can be tough sometimes because when you're stuck like that, it's almost always a trigger. There's Mm -hmm. something that you're majorly being triggered by and you have to figure out what that is. So is it boundaries that should be set? Because I know for me, when I'm stuck in negative thought patterns, I'm telling you 98% of the time, it's because I haven't set a boundary for myself and I'm repeating in my head something that someone said to me that made me feel a certain way And I am going over and over again, having imaginary conversations in my head with this person because I didn't set a boundary with them. And sometimes it's showing you that there's something that you need to heal from. And then you need to take the necessary steps towards healing and healing looks different for everyone. So I'm not going to go over the steps of healing today. We're just going to talk about how to get unstuck from these negative thought patterns. And sometimes it's hard to know if you're being triggered by something that happened in the past or if it's boundaries that you need to set. And when you're stuck in negative thoughts, the best thing to figure out how to know is pay attention to how you feel. How do you feel in your body when you're having these negative thoughts over and over again? If you feel anxiousness, anger, dread, guilt, shame, sadness, when you have these thoughts, then that is telling you that there's something that you need to heal from Mm -hmm. almost all the time. If it's something that's more along the lines of setting boundaries, I always feel it in my chest as anxiousness. Like I need to get something out. I need to say something. It goes from my chest all the way up to my throat. Mm -hmm. Usually is when I need to set boundaries, but sometimes feeling it in your body can even be hard. Yeah. I notice I always feel really uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. And with you saying feel really uncomfortable, that's usually how people feel, but they don't really know how to nail it down. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that I feel uncomfortable, 
but why am I feeling uncomfortable? And a lot of us, I know I used to, I never said, why do I feel uncomfortable? I just said, let me distract myself as much as possible to keep me from feeling this feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's when I would go shopping. Right. Right. Retail therapy. (laughs) I would go crazy cleaning the house. Oh, yeah. I still do that. Yep. Yep. I would clean the house, rearrange the furniture about 100 times, come up with all of these things to keep myself distracted. But now... I still do those things because they're definite coping mechanisms for me, so I let myself have that. But while I'm cleaning now, I'll say, all right, I'm going to have to think about this. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I so stuck on this person or on this thought? Mm -hmm. And I'll try to feel it in my body. For me personally, I'm realizing right now, especially because I'm starting um, somatic exercises, and I'm realizing how outside of my body I've been for so long. And with me figuring out what my emotions mean, it is kind of difficult for me. It's almost like I have one end of the spectrum and another end of the spectrum, and I'm just trying to connect them, and there's some loose wiring in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my spirit and I've got my body and I'm trying to connect them because for so long my spirit has been disconnected from my body because my body has felt so much pain and mm-hmm. chaos throughout the years. So I personally think that it's important to go over where you feel each emotion in the body. And I think this is pretty cool because when I was researching this, it lined up and I'll go over usually what we feel when we're in negative thought patterns first. So for anger, usually you feel it in the upper half of your body, including your arms, and you have some feeling in your legs and feet. Example is when you get really shaky. Right. Feeling when you're mad about something. Right. And you have that activation in your arms, like, and usually with anger, you want to punch somebody, you want to hit them. But with fear, That's really um, interesting because fear looks a lot like anger in the body. It's in the upper half of the body. Mm -hmm. You have some feeling in the feet, but you don't feel it in your arms. Hmm. So if, because I know for fear, I want to run away a lot. Mm -hmm. I get the the fire flight reflex, like I just want to run away. But it feels a lot to me like anger because it's all in my chest still. I feel so much in my chest, in my heart. Mm -hmm. But it's good to know if you're trying to differentiate anger and fear, it's in the arms. Disgust, you'll also feel in the upper half of the body in the arms. But you won't have anything in the legs or the feet. Would you feel anything in your stomach to disgust? Yeah, you can feel it in your stomach. I feel like I, I have felt disgust. In, like my stomach area yeah in the pit of your stomach mm-hmm. yep um now for sadness we're gonna start traveling up mm-hmm. so sadness you've got the chest and the head and decreased feeling in the arms legs and feet um, which is why sometimes we'll kind of go weak when we feel sad when we get these overwhelming senses of sadness and you'll see people collapse because you'll you actually lose the energy in your lower half of your body because it's all concentrated in your chest and head. Mm -hmm. With anxiety, you've got increased feeling above the pelvis, 
So in your stomach, a lot of the time, you don't feel anxiety in the arms and you have decreased feeling in the legs and the feet. Depression, you have decreased energy over the entire lower half of your body. Mm -hmm. And that one is a big one for me too, because I know when I'm feeling depressed, I always feel like my legs feel like jello. Mm -hmm. That's what I always say. My legs feel like jello. If you're feeling contempt, you feel it in your head and hands, which I thought was very interesting, and decreased feeling in the pelvis and legs. Pride, you feel in the torso, head, and arms. Shame, torso, and head with decreased energy in the arms, legs, and feet. Envy, you feel in the chest and head with decreased activity in the legs. Surprise, you feel in the chest and head with decreased activity in the legs. So a lot of these are really upper body, head is where we feel a lot of the negative effects of energy. Mm -hmm. Now, what I thought was really cool is when you feel happiness, you feel it throughout your entire body. So when they do these scans and you can see it light up in the body, that's where they get all this information from. The entire body will light up in red when you have happiness. And when you're feeling love, you feel it throughout the entire body, but not so much in the legs because love is so concentrated in the heart. So once you've established what what you're feeling, And it could be a mix. You could have a mix of feelings and it may be harder to differentiate, but I would try to just go over the most powerful one that you're feeling in that moment because there are always layers. Mm -hmm. You could be feeling anger, sadness, contempt, shame, guilt, envy, all of these things at one time over one incident that happened. But focus on the major thing that you're feeling now And once you figure that out and you're able to heal and move forward, you can start stopping those negative thought patterns. So the steps are once you've established your trigger, you've figured out what you're feeling and you're now healing or healed, you can start supplementing your thoughts. Supplementing your thoughts is essentially replacing a negative thought with a positive thought. And you can do this all the time And I'll say this a lot throughout the podcast because I really want to emphasize on this. The most powerful time to start this is in the morning. So a lot of people don't realize that as soon as we open our eyes, we're habitually going back to thoughts from yesterday. Then we usually continue that pattern as the day goes on. So I say first thing in the morning, start imagining your day exactly the way that you want it and feel it happening. Know that it's going to happen. And then from there, we're stepping out of the past and we're putting ourselves into our new future. And I want to add, you can set your intention for the day, get up, leave your room. And as soon as you enter the kitchen, your daughter is throwing a fit. Well, there's a good test run for you. Okay, how am I going to react to this? I can start thinking negatively, great, this is how we're going to start the day, you know, or I can change my thought pattern to, okay, she must be feeling something, let me speak to her calmly and continue moving through the day and hope that you, hope that you don't get a 
snobby comment back. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which has happened to me a couple times, but I try to keep my cool. So, yep. and I know my daughter is listening to this, so she knows when I'm trying to keep my cool. And I mean, there's been plenty of times where I haven't kept my cool. Oh, yeah. And uh, they know when I'm not keeping my cool, but um, um, yeah. I've come a long way. (laughs) (laughs) And it's hard for all of us because we live in a world that's built on stress. It's just the fact of the matter. But like you said, you have the awareness of when you're having the thought. You stop the thought. And then from there, I kind of have a step process that I do because I have been known to get stuck in negative thoughts Mm -hmm. that's something that I am constantly working on so my step process that I do is first when I have the awareness I'm stuck in the thought because sometimes I can go down the rabbit hole and not even know that I am in the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. as soon as I have the awareness I stop the thought and I actually thank my subconscious for giving me that thought because you're bringing the awareness to the forefront of my mind that I have something to heal from, or I have to set a boundary. And then that's when I supplement the thought with a positive thought. So how you're saying, if you wake up in the morning and you've already envisioned your day going great, you're feeling good, you're ready for a new day, and then you go into the kitchen and your daughter's in a bad mood, and you could very easily think, oh God, I just set my intention, we're already doing this. And I find myself there a lot. I'm not going to lie. But when I find myself there and I say, okay, I'm starting to think negatively again, I'll supplement the thought as something that, like you said, she must be feeling something. What is she feeling? Because kids act on impulse. They act on how they feel. They don't think rationally first. That's an adult thing. It's not a kid thing. Mm -hmm. And we have to be understanding of them when they act out of impulse on how they're feeling. Yeah. And we might be triggered because I know my inner child is screaming half the time when my daughter is screaming. But I have to manage that and not let that affect what's happening with her because she's not in charge of my inner child. She doesn't know how she's triggering me. And I have to remember that. So then I can step back, take a breath. Okay, what is she feeling? She must be feeling how I felt that one time because I'm seeing that I'm triggered right now. So let me look at her as if she's me Mm -hmm. and talk to her as if I'm talking to my own inner child. How would I do that? And I'm telling you, it goes so much better than yelling and arguing. It may feel like it's taking more energy out of you at first because it's not what your body is used to. Your body is used to fight or flight. It's used to being triggered and going off. That's easy right now for your body. What's more difficult is taking that step back and breathing. You wouldn't think it's more difficult, but it is because it's not what you're used to. You're used to reaction. And the more that you do this, the more you train your brain to think positively the more your body will get used to it. It won't feel so defensive all the time. It won't have to put up that fight or flight mechanism and it'll feel easy to take that step back. And I know sometimes it can be frustrating, but negative thought patterns are the best indicators of how we're feeling internally. 
And if we're really caught up in negative thought patterns, that is absolutely a sign that we are being majorly triggered and we cannot stop that cycle until we heal from it. And ignoring it will only make the thoughts and feelings more intense. So just remember, you aren't honoring yourself and where you are in your life if you aren't dealing with these issues, the negative thoughts that you're having in your head playing on repeat. So outside of everything that we've talked about, you have the typical things that you need to pay attention to to see if there's anything aiding in this negative repeat cycle that you're on, like negative people that you're hanging around. If you have someone who's calling you up every day venting about how horrible their day has been and how they've been mistreated by everyone, you're eventually going to pick up on that energy and you're going to feel like that yourself. And it's not even going to be how you're really feeling. Mm -hmm. It's going to be because you spend every day listening to someone on the phone venting about how horrible their life is. So how do you think that's going to make you feel about your life? So you got to pay attention to your diet. And when I say diet, it's not food diet, but what are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Mm -hmm. Your thoughts are created by your diet. Mm -hmm. If you're watching horror movies, and I know that a lot of people will disagree on this one, so this is just personally how I feel, and I just want to say with anything I say on this podcast, if it does not resonate with you, do not believe it as your truth. My truth is different than your truth, but my truth is if I spend time watching horror movies which I don't watch horror movies at all because I hate the way they make me feel me too I don't like it because a lot of that stuff already happens in real life why would I want to watch it on a movie exactly exactly and that's how I feel when I'm watching it I don't need to know in detail what's happening out there but if I spend a lot of time watching stuff like that I start adopting those things as my belief and my life starts playing out that way So now that I've set my algorithm on my phone and... And I just want to say, I know my sister, she absolutely loves (laughs) horror movies, Halloween, Mm -hmm. and I absolutely love her. That's just, this is a part where her and I are polar opposites. Mm -hmm. But she is one of the happiest people I've ever met in my life. And if she's listening to this, you know you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But she loves horror and mm-hmm. Halloween. I mean, she's even said that like she wants to get married on Halloween or around Halloween. At now, least that I was love one of those, Halloween. At least that was one of the discussions that we had. Yeah. But me, I'm like anti-horror movies because I just don't like it. Like right. I have the biggest fear of being stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like I just don't like horror movies. I don't yeah. like things that have to do with being possessed by demons. I don't like I don't like that stuff. And my sister loves that stuff and she is like so happy. And I don't know if it personally affects her life. I don't know how she is after she watches it, but it's just interesting that you said that cuz I'm like what like what does it do? You know what I mean? Like for me, yeah. it causes like sadness and nervousness and I'm uncomfortable and I'm like anxious and then I will probably end up going to bed dreaming about it right because I'm so uncomfortable with it uh yeah so is it a thing inside of me it's like I said it's different for everybody because my brother really likes horror movies 
and he's got some really crazy thoughts in his head, but he's pretty calm. <laughs> when you see him in person, he's super calm. He's not easy to anger. It's different for everybody, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I'd hate to put a stamp on it because for me, I'm going, I'm going right to us being empaths. We pick up on a lot of things and we adopt a lot of energy as our own. Mm -hmm. That's not ours. Um, but I don't know. It, it could be traumatic things happening in the past. I know I watched the movie Scream when I was nine years old. Oh, I do not like that movie. And it traumatized me for the rest of my life. And now watching that movie, I'm looking at it like, oh my gosh, this is a joke. Mm -hmm. But back then it was not a joke. I was nine years old and I had no right watching that movie. Mm -hmm. Because back then I had such a spongy brain. And I didn't realize that the guy in the black cloak and mask wasn't going to jump out at me and slice my stomach open. That's why I'm scared of being stabbed because of that movie. Right. I because we watched movie. it too young yeah. and it put those thoughts in our head like it was real. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure it does happen, you know, but it's not a fear that I want to adopt. We're not judging anybody that listens or watches scary movies. They're just not for us. Yeah. All. Yeah, and I I personally think that what you watch and listen to make an impact on your life and on your mind no matter what and I it's not up for me to say what people are feeling or not feeling but I do know for a fact that a lot of humans are running from the way they feel mm -hmm. so even if they say horror movies don't affect me we don't know that mm -hmm. but you know I don't know movies and, definitely affect you horror love comedy when you watch comedy you happy yay that was so funny right you know when you watch a love story you're like oh my god i'm gonna cry or you know i don't know whatever you feel when you watch a love story yeah or when you watch a horror movie for me i feel scared so movies just like music affect your mood and the way you're gonna go about your day absolutely and if you're listening to super dramatic sad music you're probably going to feel sad. Yeah. And I'll say too, I love Florence and the Machine. Everybody knows mm -hmm. how much I love Florence and the Machine. She's been playing on repeat on my playlist for about 12 years now. We love you, Florence. Love you. <laughs> but I have noticed here recently, because one thing that I love about Florence more than anything is she takes how she's feeling and she creates such a vivid picture in your mind. And for me, I kind of escape into that place when I listen to her music. And I've just recently started realizing because my daughter listens to really upbeat, fun music. And we play that in the car. And I'm like, wow, I feel so good. And I'm like, be bopping along, you know, singing the song. <laughs> but when I listen to Florence, even though I feel so much love and passion when I listen to her, it does bring me down sometimes. I get in that space where she's at and I find myself in that same space. Uh -huh. So I even need to take a break from Florence sometimes, even though I love her so much. <laughs> so even if you are a type of person that loves to watch horror movies, you know, maybe you just need to cut back a little bit if you see that it's affecting your life. But if it's not and it's really not affecting the way that you think, then that's wonderful for you. And I love that for you. But for me, you know, I just can't do it. And not only that, but 
going back to who you surround yourself with. I've had to cut people out in my life that even though I know exactly why they are the way they are and I have compassion and sympathy for them, I cannot allow them into my space because they drag me down to exactly what they're feeling and I don't enjoy feeling that way. So I've had to kind of take a step back. But what's funny though, because we all go through different parts of this journey and we may believe something one day and then the very next day we've moved on from it and we can believe something totally different. But one thing that holds true is everything that we see, everyone that we see, hear, whatever, is a reflection of us. And that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around if you aren't in this journey. But it is the truth because the reality is we are in a simulation. And our higher selves come here to play a game. And there are all actors in our game that have different roles and play different parts in our life. And there's a reason for that because it's a reflection of things that we need to work on with ourselves. So the person that I cut out of my life because they bring me down, that is absolutely a part of myself that is reflecting back at me that I need to see. But in order for me to see and work through that, I need to get that person out of my life because you cannot work on yourself from a state of lack. If you're in a state of lack, you're never gonna be able to make any forward progress in your life. And if I'm around people who keep me in a state of lack, where I'm sad, depressed, feeling like a victim, feeling bad for myself, woe is me, how am I ever gonna accomplish anything from that state of mind? So I have to be around people who bring me up, who say, Oh my gosh, Kat, I'm so excited for your podcast. I listened to your first episode and it was amazing. <laughs> and, you know, when they were listening to it, they probably said, oh, well, you know, it sounds like this or they could work on that. But they're not going to tell me that mm -hmm. because they know I already know those things mm -hmm. because we are our own biggest critic. We have already beat ourselves up and analyzed everything that we've done enough to where somebody else doesn't need to point it out for us. And a true friend and someone who's going to build you up would do exactly that. They would say, you're doing fantastic. You sounded great. And then if you come back and say, well, do you have any feedback? They will tell you from an honest and loving perspective how they feel. Well, I thought that you sounded a little shy, but you know, it's, it's fine. You're going to feel shy in the beginning. You'll get there. You'll warm up. And they'll give you feedback like that instead of, well, you sounded shy. You need to change your voice for sure because people are going to see you're shy and they're going to pick you apart. <laughs> Friends don't say that. So analyze what people are saying to you. And do you need that in your life? But also remember, it's a reflection of how you're feeling. So if someone tells you, that you need to change your voice, you're probably feeling like you need to change your voice on the inside. And if you sit down and you really think about it, it's absolutely true. It's so true. Because 
I had a confrontation a few months ago that a lot of things were said to me that really hurt my feelings, really tore me apart inside for months. Everything that they said was absolutely how I'm feeling about myself. But it does not mean that it's the truth. Because if someone tells me I'm unworthy, I can adopt that as my truth. Sure, I have for a lot of my life. But now I'm actually seeing the things that I'm capable of and I know how worthy I am. But there are still going to be people pop up in my life to tell me I'm unworthy because I'm going to have to take time to heal that. I'm 34 years old. I've been thinking I'm unworthy for a lot of those years. I'm not going to start feeling worthy in two minutes because I'm saying affirmations. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep having reminders. I'm going to keep having challenges from my higher self because my higher self is going to say, okay, you're saying the affirmations that you are worthy. You're taking the steps. You're doing the things. Here comes the challenge. And then somebody's going to come up and they're going to get right in my face and they're going to tell me how unworthy I am. Now, am I going to buckle under that and believe it? Or am I going to stand up in my power like I've been preaching, like I've been saying in my affirmations, I am worthy. Am I going to prove it? Am I going to show them I'm worthy? Because it doesn't really matter what they think of you. But if they're coming at you and they're saying you're unworthy, you don't want to just say, okay, sure, whatever, walk away. How's that going to make you feel? You're not going to feel worthy by doing that. You're going to show them, I am worthy. I don't believe what you're saying. If you want to believe that about me, you can go ahead. But I don't believe that about me. And I'm going to show you. And eventually, once you show people that you actually feel that way, you're walking the walk, you're talking the talk, you're doing all the things, you're not only talking, but you're putting action behind it, that person is going to shut up real quick. They're not going to have anything to say. They may hate on you because you're doing all the things that you love to do and they can't find that within themselves. Let them be mad. They'll get there, hopefully. Because I found growing up, I used to judge a lot of people. I was very judgmental. And really, it was just because of all the pain that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And if I judge somebody, oh my God, they're wearing too much makeup. Because that's what it was when we were teenagers. It's because I felt like maybe I needed to wear makeup. Maybe I wasn't pretty without makeup and I needed to wear makeup. Which no one needs makeup to look pretty. But that is how I probably felt back then as a teenager. So everything is a reflection of how you feel. And I can provide an example of how everybody's a reflection of yourself. Kat and I will, let's be honest here, her and I both struggle with food. And the funny thing is, is when she's talking to me about food, it's actually me talking to myself mm-hmm. and vice versa. And every time she says something to me, I'm like, there it goes again. It, that's probably the number one thing that I've noticed when you started talking about everybody being a reflection of yourself. Yeah. So Sarah actually asked me before we started this episode, how do I explain this? Because I was trying to explain it to someone and they weren't really getting it. This is something that 
has been a hard lesson for me on my spiritual journey. I want to tell everyone this information because I think it's so important. And that's why I started a podcast. But people have to come to my podcast who want to listen, who already know somewhat about the spiritual world and how energy works and everything. But if I'm seeking people out and trying to tell them this information, I get dead stares. Mm -hmm. They don't know what I'm talking about. They think I'm some crazy lady, woohoo, tree hugger. Burn her at the stake. You know, Mm -hmm. she's a witch. We still have a lot of those people amongst the ranks of human beings but if someone is actually interested in this and actually is saying that's interesting that you say that what do you mean when you say everyone is a reflection of me give them an example like that because we both we do struggle with food I've eaten processed food and sugar my whole life I drank so much soda I kept Dr. Pepper in business yeah. <laughs> for a long time. And, you know, I'm young. So we've been able to eat these things and it not really affect our body until recently. And now I'm seeing, oh my gosh, I can't eat all this stuff. It does make me feel bad. It gives me brain fog. It makes me moody. But even with me having the knowing of that, it does not make it easy coming off of this food. And there is a process that I've had to go through with this. I've been angry at our government for filling the shelves with all of this food that's killing us, but they're not force feeding me to eat it. So really I can be mad at them all day long and it's still a reflection of how I feel. I'm mad at me Mm -hmm. because I'm still putting it in my mouth. Mm But then I have to go through all the other emotions. All right, well, I'm mad at me because I'm still putting it in my mouth. But I really shouldn't be mad. I need to give myself grace because I know that this is a process. I know that I'm not going to eat vegan overnight. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I want to eat vegan, but whatever I end up choosing at the end of this road. But what I can do when I see myself getting angry at the government or me or whoever it is, I can either let myself sit there and ruminate and go over and over and over in my head about how angry I am and make myself feel worse about it. Or I can choose to give myself some grace and say, you know what? You have the awareness. You're working on it. You're doing good. Grace is something I'm working on Yeah, because I have the, I wouldn't say the opposite problem of you. I have the issue with food where if I eat, I mean, anything, literally anything, and I'll feel guilty about it after. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could eat a freaking banana and I feel like the worst person in the world. Yeah. Because I just have such a bad view of food. Mm -hmm. It's come from years of trauma. Right. And it's taking a lot to not feel bad about eating healthy. Because mm-hmm. you know me, I eat pretty dang healthy. Yeah. I'm not small. I'm not large. I'm in the middle. And I have the worst relationship with food. But I am working on it mm-hmm. in baby steps. And it's not easy. And you are amongst millions. Mm -hmm. 
we are amongst millions. Food, I think, is one of the most traumatic things on this planet. If you look at where we came from and where we are now, there is a lot of trauma around food that is written in our DNA over mm -hmm. lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Lifetimes. Because it's not only the obesity epidemic that's happening and sugar, it's also the scarcity of food that has happened, that's still happening. We have to remember, we this isn't our only life here. A lot of us have lived lives over and over and over again on this planet, and that stays in our DNA. So if we live during times where there was no food, or we had to hunt for food, or it was taken away from us, that is all gonna live within our system. Mm -hmm. We may not consciously be aware of it, but we'll have reminders. We'll have mm -hmm. reminders throughout our life that's showing us and we'll have to get over it in different ways. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody, especially Americans, mm -hmm. every American has, I don't want to say issues with food, but you know, different challenges, all of us. And a lot more awareness of food now, but it is also creating a toxic environment for us too, because we're putting so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect. And that's something else that I deal with too, because I do give myself grace and I let my ha let myself have sugar when I really want it, because I'm not going to stress myself out about it, but I used to. And I took out all this sugar out of my diet and I just didn't eat. I didn't supplement it with anything better because I haven't learned how to eat healthy completely yet. I'm just stuck there in limbo where I should have just given myself grace, continue to have the sugar, but supplemented an apple or banana mm -hmm. for breakfast. Or instead of cooking in butter, cook in olive oil or avocado oil. Mm -hmm. Make little changes so you don't shock your body. And I'm only telling you this because I know from experience. I shocked my body so much that I collapsed. And it took that moment for me to realize how much grace I was not giving myself. Mm -hmm. I wasn't resting the way that I should be. I wasn't eating the way I should be. I was stuck in negative thoughts, beating myself up constantly over sugar. And sugar is not worth it. I'm sorry. I don't want to give sugar that power over me. So just eat the sugar. Don't gorge or binge on it. Mm -hmm. You know? But when As you're having say, a good every, day, everything in moderation, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And I like to take advantage of my high vibe days. Mm -hmm. If I wake up and I'm feeling really, really good, I take advantage of that. I get good food in my body because I have the energy to do that that day. But then when I'm going into one of my lower waves, when I'm going into that wave, I, I have to give myself grace and know that I'm just not going to be able to do it that day 100%. I'm going to need something with sugar because my inner child is telling me something I, I like to call them healing spells i'm going through a healing spell yeah it's interesting that you said that because we just had a death in the family and the day that i found out he passed i went home and i ate sugar mm -hmm. it was like immediate response i had not eaten all day okay because this is this is my issue with food i can go all day without eating mm -hmm. and just eat one meal a day but that day, after I found out, 
I got home and it's 11, 11. <laughs> um, I got home and I ate some sugar yep. and I didn't know, I was like, why? But it's like in my head, I wasn't even thinking. It was almost like just a automatic response. Yep. And I'm like, did I do this as a kid? Well, I don't know. I'm branching off a little bit, I guess. But. No, it's okay. Um, and we have to realize too, that food is also energy. And there are chemical processes to food, just like there are chemical processes to the way our body works. So even if it wasn't something as a kid, which it could have been, sugar gives us a dopamine type effect where it lifts our energy and it makes mm -hmm. us feel happy. Mm -hmm. And depression and sadness will keep you eating sugar like no other thing in this world because with depression and sadness, what do you want more than anything? You want happiness. You want joy. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way for us to get that without doing the work. Sugar. Sugar. <laughs> sugar. Oh. And I've done it my whole life. I've been reaching for sugar every single time I felt sad and depressed. And I've lived a lot of my life sad and depressed. So I've eaten a lot of sugar. But now... That I'm starting to feel better and I'm getting out of these negative thought patterns and I'm starting to have the awareness. I see myself reaching more for nuts. And I know that I'm going to figure out different ways to cook and do things too. I'm starting to take classes. So I'm taking the necessary steps. And that's really all I can do. As long as I'm not in that victim mindset and the negative thought pattern of I'm the worst. Let me tell myself why. I think I'm doing pretty good. So now if I say I'm the worst, I can say, well, you know what? I'm taking a class. Ha! So there goes to you, little devil on my shoulder. Because it really is like an angel and a devil all the time. Mm -hmm. So that sums it up on how to get out of negative thought patterns. Hopefully this has been helpful to help you create some better habits. And next time we're going to be discussing meditation my favorite yay i meditated yesterday it's the best it helped so we'll talk to you next time bye thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery and healing we hope the discussions and practices we've shared have helped you raise your vibration and find more peace and balance in your life remember to be kind to yourself and listen to your body and trust the process don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Vibing Consciously Podcast for more insights and inspiration. If you have any suggestions for future topics or guests, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep shining your light and spreading your love and positivity wherever you go. Namaste.